It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. All right, in the break, I had to suffer through a couple of bad deer jokes from Dave Baker. Goodness gracious, he'll get here in due time. One hour from now, the Home Fix It show, Dave Baker comes along. Uh, now is the time, though. Uh, now is the mating season for deer, so we we're talking about hitting them with your car, which obviously none of us plan to do on purpose. It has happened to me twice with the early hours that I keep here at the station, uh, leaving the house around 3.30 or so. I have hit two deer, uh, two separate occasions. No, it didn't total my car, but it certainly wasn't a pleasant experience. Had to ride in the back of a cop car to get back home to then get another car to then come to work. And uh, I, I got an award for that. I got an award for that for perseverance of no matter what, I got to work. It was a couple hours late. But I still made it. So just uh, be aware. You definitely want to be aware of the deer running across the roads and the highways and things like that. Just drive with caution. More reason to pay attention. And, of course, not be on your phone because that is against the law. Uh, taking more calls on Green and Growing here. Glad to be with you. It was a busy week. I was really blessed to be able to go down to Peachtree City and speak to the Peachtree City Garden Club on Tuesday. So hi, ladies and gentlemen, too. Uh, thank you so much for having me down there that we had a good time. And then was with uh, Women in Transportation Seminar last night, a nonprofit that provides scholarships to women pursuing careers in uh, transportation. And the industry is so far reaching, so many incredibly talented intellectual people who really care about this city and the mobility and the sustainability and the ways around this city making life a little easier for all of us uh, and looking ahead to the long-term future. So really enjoyed the 40th anniversary gala with Women in Transportation last night at the Intercontinental in Buckhead. And unfortunately, because I was there, I had to miss the uh, awards banquet for the Kennesaw Police Department. Uh, the Kennesaw Public Safety Foundation held uh, or sponsored the awards banquet for KPD last night, and I hope everyone had a wonderful time. So being out in the community, I love it. I plan to be at a, a number of different things throughout the month as well. Uh, check out the website, wsbradio.com slash green and growing. and kind of keep up with events at the bottom of the page there where I might be, um, other garden classes, opportunities, volunteer opportunities around the city as well. And of course, the green and growing WSB Facebook page as well. Give it a like. Give it a follow. Okay. Melissa in Decula calling from Gwinnett County has been so patient. I'm so glad to talk to her now. Good morning. Hey, good morning. First time caller, long time listener. Thank Love your you. show. So glad. <laughs> uh, so my, my husband and I are putting a new front porch on the house and we've got like this little peninsula island that we want to get rid of and bring our Bermuda grass to cover what we're pulling up. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm wondering when's the best time to do that. Construction starts on Wednesday, and they're telling me it's about a two-week turnaround. And um, is it too late in the season, or should I should I, should I I start now immediately once, once they get done, or do I um, do it in the spring? It is possible to lay sod in the wintertime. It's not ideal, but it is possible mm -hmm. because it's still – uh, it's going to be dormant, but it still needs irrigation and good watering as well. So it's going to be 
a little cumbersome to be out there in the cold, cold weather, uh, making sure it gets the water that it needs. It sounds like a small enough area to where that could be manageable for you. But ideal times to do sod or seed is during the summer in the hottest months that we can stand, May, June, July, and even into August with as warm as it stays uh, toward the end of the summer. That's really the best time to do it. So um, for now, you could, if you can get your hands on some sod, Melissa, like I said, it's going to be dormant, but you can still lay it as long as you've done good site prep and good soil preparation to make sure that sod is going to fit comfortably onto the ground, be able to push through those roots and establish those roots. It's going to be a slow process doing it this time of year, but uh, you can. And maybe even making sure to pat it down and weight it down, just pressing it down to make sure it's really in good contact with that surface soil. If not, for the time being, you could throw out some ground cover there. Um, You could do something that's just going to maybe stay, you know, above ground and green for the wintertime. Something like a juga or something like that. Uh, Creeping Jenny, I'm not sure that that's going to last through the winter, but something in place to really hold that soil. You want that soil to be covered with something. It could even be mulch or pine straw just so that it doesn't erode, so that the nutrients don't get washed away uh, from the soil surface. So covering it with something is my recommendation. It could be just about anything, though, that you choose to put there, if you want to wait and do the Bermuda seed or sod come April, May, June. Yeah, okay, perfect. Great suggestions. I have a juga ton of it. (laughs) I can just transplant some up there. It's about, a, I would say, maybe, I'm over-exaggerating, about 100 square feet of area. It's not even... It's not even anything super big. Um, Could I ask one more question? Sure. Okay. So we just had a project completed in the backyard. And uh, silly me, I didn't think through it when he put the fill dirt. It's all clay soil. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm wanting to plant back there. uh, But I'm really nervous. I I ran to the local stores to um, try to get some soil mender and stuff like that. And it, it was there's none, and I don't even know where to start. I'm a master gardener with the um, Gwinnett County Extension Office, and I feel silly asking these questions, but um, even we have questions. <laughs> oh, gosh, yes, of course. <laughs> so I'm wondering what, what would be a good suggestion to get that soil, like just loosened up some and uh, kind of get some of that clay out of there. So when they gave you the fill dirt, did they kind of give you the the 411 on the story of the fill dirt? Because I just got some, too, and it's really a nice kind of sandy taupe color, so it's ready for planting. Mm-hmm. But you can tell it's just flat-out clay that they gave you? Yeah, it, uh. it's like orange. <laughs> oh, shoot. Jeez. Yeah. Um, and you're not having any luck finding any kind of soil amender? Uh, yeah, I don't even know where to start. I, I did buy some... I don't remember the name of it, but I guess it promotes earthworm growth. I I tilled it up. I put Mm -hmm. some of that in there. I just went and got a bunch of potting soil and start. But this area is very large. Yeah, right. This was only on one side. I kind of started that. Yeah. Um, So I don't even know. I put I did plant three native azaleas thinking hopefully they were accustomed to clay soil. Yeah. Thinking the native, you know, um, but I don't, I don't, like I said, this is my first time really ever dealing with amending the soil and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that was um, smart to think of something, you know, acidic loving like azaleas, um, but you've yeah. got so much more space to go. Let me get back to you on that because obviously, I mean, ideally we'd want to get a soil test, but you kind of know what it's going to reveal. Yeah. But just the benefit of that soil test is it telling you on page two exactly what needs to be added. 
And I, I okay, I I'm at the extension. I'm at the extension office all the time. I could just bring some in, but I just, you know, I, I, I don't know uh, really where to start. Yeah, just because I don't want to start throwing out, you know, maybe put some lime, put some compost, put some without yeah. really knowing um, what it's lacking. I, I, yeah, I can't stand that it's just full on Georgia red clay, and they didn't really. Yeah, and I, I totally didn't even like think to ask him to get like a little bit more expensive. And when you're doing mm-hmm. projects, you, you, you think you know, cheap. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Quick and easy, let's get this done. And um, I totally spaced that part yeah, of the no, whole I'm with you. Um, I am going to have you, I'm going to put you back on hold to talk to Anne because I want your email address. I want to do a little bit more research on what you could be doing okay. right now because whatever you're going to amend right now is going to be perfect and lush and all settled in and stuff, you know, for spring planting. Um, not that you couldn't plant now, but yeah, depending on what you want to plant, we want to get that soil right. But my my takeaway, Melissa, because I am dealing with the exact same thing with some uh, hardscaping we had done as well, is covering that soil. Um, and even when you were talking about the other part of the yard uh, where you might put a juga or some kind of ground cover where Bermuda will go eventually, I think the fact that you and I landed on a juga is good. You've got it already in the yard. It spreads pretty quickly. And when you have a straight-bladed shovel... Just being able to dig that up almost like a piece of carpet um, and get the roots and then just literally move it and lay it in the next spot. It's going to be easy to remove when you are ready to do Bermuda if we wait to do that in the summertime when it's going to have the best chance of, you know, germinating really quickly if you do it from seed and all that. Not to say it can be done now, um, but yeah, covering the soil with something, be it mulch, leaves, pine straw, something like that so we're not losing a lot of the good nutrients from that soil. Thank you for the call, Melissa. I will get back with you on what to do with that uh, fill dirt that's nothing but Georgia red clay. Oh, I know that's tricky. Uh, 404-872-0750. John calling from Pennsylvania. Is that right? Uh, correct. All right. How are you rooting for those in fact, fillies? In fact, WS, in fact WSBA. <laughs> ah, AM 750. That's right. A hundred years old this year. How about that? Yeah, nine nine ten. But hey, uh, you were talking about brown spots in the lawn, and I sort of figured it out backwards. I was getting round spots, and uh, in the morning you you can see the dew mm-hmm. on these uh, like like webs. Yes, and and uh, that, that that's caused by his uh, sod webworm, and then there's also army worms. Uh, my my neighbor, uh, a friend of mine, had uh, had that. He said it got his whole lawn, yeah, and he even had uh, a lawn service to uh, put uh, chemicals on. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure how it's doing now. That was uh, maybe two years ago. You, that's but, uh, and that was that in Pennsylvania. Oh uh, yeah, that's yeah. so funny you mentioned that because t- uh, uh, 2020 was the first year of my show. And that was a crazy year for army worms. And you're all the way up there, all up and down the East Coast, because I keep up with the publications for the extension services right. from you know, states nearby, from Florida all the way up to you. Army worms were a terrible problem back yeah. two years ago. And it kind of seems to go in cycles, not that they ever just completely go away, but that was particularly a bad year. You're absolutely right. When you see the webbing well, and, the, and the dew stuck on that webbing, that can be an indication and, of a pest. And the other thing... Was that I, I saw all these? I didn't realize that at the time all these little white, white uh, butterflies, well, moths. Uh-huh. And that, that's what, you know, and then after that, I started when I see them, I would, you know, step on them and kill them. And, you know, so, but I don't know. I'm pr- pretty sure I'm going to still have that uh, 
situation again, you know, just, uh, but we do have a, a decent lawn service that, uh, it comes like three or four times a year and just spreads, uh, I have no, um, no, uh, uh, dandelions in my lawn and that, that's it. Hey, oh, that's yeah. it. I'll let you go. And, uh, I was surprised, uh, I don't know if for some reason my, radio was sent to your station uh thank you very much well i am so glad that you called that that makes my day i have listeners in new york now i know i've got john in pennsylvania that's awesome um you know i mean we would talk to georgia gardening but of course a lot of it is universal especially the advice we just got from the georgia forestry commission and planting trees and all of that but yes thank you for the point of not ruling out uh insects and pests as well when it came to that earlier caller's question about some spots in his zoysia lawn. Um, my first thought was going to a fungus perhaps because of the weather uh, and the conditions that we've had here in the last few weeks. But John, great advice. Thank you so much. Thanks for the comment. 404-872-0750. In less than 10 minutes, we'll talk to Pike Nursery about growing camellias. I've already recommended them to two people this morning on the show. So you'll want to hear more about that coming up on Green and Growing. You're listening to WSB. If you're just waking up, good Saturday morning. You want to know what the weather's going to do today is a perfect football Saturday. Cloudy and breezy, but breezy, don't uh, be misunderstood. It's not going to be chilly at all. High of around 77 for most of us tomorrow. The clouds move out high of 78, and then we start the work week with uh, temperatures in the high 70s. This brought to you by Finley Roofing. The complete forecast comes up in 10 minutes. Green and Growing. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. Number one, you can dig up caladium and elephant ear and dahlia bulbs now. Store in boxes if you have the space in the garage or the carport or something. But use peat moss or perlite or crumpled up newspaper, something to absorb the moisture so that those are going to dry. If you choose to overwinter them in the ground, I do up in the Cherokee County area. And so far, I've had luck. We haven't had a really drastically cold winter that's killed them off. But if you do, uh, cut down the stems and you can certainly put uh, five-gallon buckets or something over those or boxes over those to protect them. All I do is pile up leaves, a thick, thick layer of leaves or pine straw, something like that. Cover those areas and they should be okay if you don't want to dig them up. Uh, Number two, an easy tip for beginning gardeners, why not plant pansies? Anybody can do it. Plant them about eight to 10 inches apart, fertilize once a month, keep deadheading them, go all the way down to the base of the stem when the flower is expired and just pinch that off and they'll keep blooming for you for the next four or five months. And number three, the window on seeding a fescue lawn is closing. So you need to get that done here in the next weekend or two. Be sure to mow first to make sure that seed's going to be able to drop down to the soil pretty well without any trouble. Aerate to achieve best seed-to-soil contact. I really think you need to do that once a year. And be consistent with irrigating the new lawn. Don't just uh, put the sprinklers out the day you you lay the seed down. You need to kind of keep up with that. Over an inch of water a week is what it needs if it doesn't rain. Uh, Keep the leaves off the grass, but don't bag them. Just rake them to the side or rake them into a garden bed around your trees and shrubs, different things like that. Uh, But they do need to get off of the grass for it to get the sun and the moisture that it needs. So Mark and McDonough are talking about what to add to the clay that Melissa just had put in for fill dirt. So I definitely want to hear from Mark. And also Wayne in Douglasville will be talking about maybe a problem with the silver maple, what could be going on, signs that it's showing of a little bit of stress at the tips of the branches. Uh, 404-872-0750. You still have time to get your call 
for your question in as well. And coming up in just a few minutes, Jackson Grimsley from Pike Nursery on growing camellias. Everything you need to get started, which variety you want to pick. And they make a good privacy hedge too. So something to really consider putting in the landscape if you have the room this time of year. Stay tuned. Good morning. I'm glad you're here on 95.5 WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Oh, the show goes by so quickly, but having a great time. A lot of good calls and questions, and I welcome those, and I appreciate them. And I may not have all the answers, but I certainly uh, go home, do a lot of research. I read a lot. I'll reach out to people who may have a little more knowledge, a little more experience, or... Uh, information on some of your questions. And when I say I'm going to email you, nine times out of 10, I do. Uh, Nine times out of 10, when Ann gets your email address for me, I follow up with you and try to get you the answer that you need. And speaking of answers, if Melissa is still listening, um, was given that fill dirt that is just all Georgia red clay, Mark and McDonough maybe had some thoughts on how to make that soil a little bit uh, more conducive to planting. Hey, Mark, thanks for weighing in. How are you doing this morning? Good. So what do you think? Well, uh, we enjoy. My wife and I listen every week, and we enjoy the show. But Thank you. if if the caller or anybody else will go to a, a lawn and garden landscape supply place, they're all over town that sell stuff by the scoop. Uh-huh. They also usually will have a single axle dump truck. If you don't, and they'll bring it to your house. But tell her or anybody to get river sand. They'll have it in a pile. It'll be tan. It's not mason sand. It's bleached white. It's tan. It mixes with, and when you mix it with clay. It permanently gives it a separation to let water and nutrients come and go. Yeah. So if you have a if you have a pile of red clay, it's just you know what it is. <laughs> and then when when you mix sand in, that little gritty sand mix in separates the clay, and then whatever else you do to it, and you can do it in flower pots, you can do it in flower beds, you can do it in vegetable gardens. So I, I'll I'll put a couple of dump trucks on a on a. Uh, garden to start with yeah. so when you're making a brand new garden you just get in there and it and it, it gets it where it'll drain and it won't be all uh, mushy and everything yeah and, and I mean, it's that... cheap it's the cheapest thing you can get a hold of really and it's very effective good okay i like that i like that because yeah we've got compaction the the chance of compaction with that georgia red clay and not getting enough air in the soil and all that so this is going to help with drainage uh, add oxygen to the to the clay and all of that thank you mark great suggestion i like it all right. All right. Y'all have a good day. You too. You. I, and tell your wife we said hello too. All right. All right. Yeah, I, I appreciate the advice there. So that's good. And over time too, um, I mean, not that, you know, our soils don't already come with some nutritious value for sure, but um, over time really amending that soil the best you can with compost and any kind of amendments and things that are just going to make it that much more rich and that much more uh, nutrient, you know, nutrient packed, so to speak. Uh, good for planting. Okay, this is the time of the show where we say good morning to Pike Nursery. Today, I am joined by Jackson Grimsley, who is the assistant manager at the Toco Hills store. Hey there, Jackson. Welcome back. Morning, Ashley. How are you? Really good. And I've been talking about camellias throughout the show today, so I think that's great that uh, we're getting to cover that with you guys. In the nurseries right now, you've got all kinds, all colors, the variety that blooms in the fall, the variety that blooms in the wintertime. Woo, tell us about them. 
Absolutely. Well, camellias are one of my, truly one of my favorite shrubs. I have a very shady yard and they do very, very well in partial sun to shade. So they're a great option for those folks around Atlanta with really established, uh, you know, tree cover. They're a great option to give you some nice color um, for, you know, for a good portion of the year. Another thing I really, really love about them is that you get color at a time of year when most other things aren't blooming in the landscape. Mm -hmm. You're going to get color in the fall and the winter and get really vibrant and very prolific blooming through that time period. Yeah, and I think it's great that they stay evergreen and they've got really nice foliage on them. And as you mentioned, I mean, when you have a camellia that hasn't been pruned at the improper time or whatever, it is full of blooms and they last for months. Absolutely, absolutely. And pruning is going to be really important. Like you mentioned, you want to make sure to prune really almost as soon as they're done blooming because they do set their buds, you know, pretty early, you know, in I'd say like late spring, early summer. You want to make sure you get them pruned and kind of like early to mid spring so they have plenty of time to set those buds. Yeah, they'll hold on to those buds for quite some time uh, before they really open up. And now, if any of you have japonica, the variety that's going to bloom coming up the end of January through March, April, you'll see the buds on there, and they are just ready to, to blow open after Christmas. So talk to us about, uh, you know, if we're looking for the ones that, you know, start blooming back in September, October, the difference in that sasanqua versus the ones that are going to be really nice and bright and pretty in the wintertime, the japonica type. Absolutely. So, yeah, like you mentioned, the Sasanquas, those are going to be your fall and kind of early to midwinter bloomers, uh, usually October to January, roughly. Um, so that's going to include varieties like Yuletide, which is so popular because it's always blooming right at Christmas, yeah. like red variety. Um, but Sasanquas in general, uh, they're usually going to be the single bloom. So that single, single, you know, layer of petals with uh, the yellow stamen in, in the center. So it's really, really vibrant and really shows up. Um, they're going to be distinguishable from the japonicas because they have a smaller leaf, usually less serration on the edge of the leaf. Um, and I'd say the biggest difference between the two is the sasanquas can really handle a little bit more light. Um, you know, they all do very well in shade to part sun, but I would say, you know, if you're getting four to five hours of morning sun, I would recommend going with a sasanqua. Okay. They're going to handle that light a little bit better. Than the japonica? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the japonic is really are going to do much better in heavier shade. Oh, um, you know that like two, two to three hours of morning sun. You definitely don't want them in the afternoon sun. Um, they're more prone to showing burning on the leaf if they're left out in the light too long. So it's it's something you definitely want to put. The sasanquas again can handle more sun, so they're a little bit more versatility on you know where you can place them. And what do you think about uh, camellias kind of almost as an understory? You know, like we, th- we think of dogwoods, we see those shorter trees that are really up under our pines, up under our oaks and things like that. But camellias could kind of serve that purpose if they can tolerate some, some shade, right? Absolutely. You know, most, most of, again, the, the size is going to vary dependent on your variety, but most of your varieties of camellia are going to get in that at least six to eight foot tall and wide range, if not a little bigger. Um, you know, some of them can get upwards of, you know, eight to 10 feet tall. So they, like you said, they do great kind of as an understory tree. They also can do very well as a screening plant. Um, but if you do want them as a screening plant, you want to make sure to go ahead and get a larger size because they do tend to be pretty slow growing. Well, and I've seen so many camellias too in the landscape, Jackson, that are really a shrub, but mine was uh, in the landscape, you know, long before we bought the house 12, 13 years ago. And it's more of a tree. So do y'all sell them as both? Kind of like it would grow as a tree form versus a, a dense shrub? How do we know? 
So um, basically, when you see one that's grown more like a tree, it really has just been trained to do that. Okay. Uh, you know, they, they all naturally will have more of a shrub form. Um, but it's something, you know, just with consistent trimming, you can kind of train it to grow more like that. We do sell some topiary varieties. You'll usually see some single trunks or some that are, you know, espalier on a trellis, um, you know, been trained to grow up a trellis. Uh, so those are great for containers, uh, you know, on a patio or something like that. Um, so it, again, it's something if you wanted to topiary it, they are a good option because they are very slow growing. So it would require pretty minimal trimming. It's not you know, something like a ligustrum where you would be, you know, trimming it every three weeks. <laughs> Mine needs to be cut right now. My ligustrum is way out of hand and probably about nine feet tall. You're right. Um, <laughs> and talk about camellias are good for Georgia because they like our soil. Absolutely. So camellias, just like, you know, azaleas and gardenias are very acid-loving plants. We tend to have very acidic soil here in Georgia because of all the pine trees. So they, the camellias tend to do very, very well here. Um, you know, they don't mind staying a little on the wet side, so it's another thing. They, they tend to do better in our soil since our soil doesn't drain as well. Um, you don't have to plant them quite as high as an azalea. Um, you know, you, if you're planting them, you want to do it maybe at the top of that root ball, maybe about a half inch to an inch above the soil level, but it's not like you're you know, planting an azalea where you're really worried about it staying wet. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, fertilizer. I mean, I have never fertilized mine, and I probably should because they could be, oh, so much better. But what do you recommend for fertilizer for camellias? Um, I always I always like to go with a holytone for really any acid-loving plant. Um, you know, Espoma is one of the oldest names in, in organic gardening. Yeah. It's been around almost 100 years. So I've had great luck with holytone on camellias, but again, azaleas, gardenias, blueberries, any acid-loving plant, that's always my go-to. And reminding folks, too, fertilize something when it's an active growth. So, you know, the things you fertilized over the summertime and you, and you thought about your vegetable garden and all that kind of thing. So now we kind of think, oh, I don't need to be out in the garden fertilizing a whole lot. But now that camellias are an active growth, now's a good time to pick that up, right? Absolutely. And another great thing about, you know, the Hollytone and there's a Dr. Earth, you know, acid lover plant as well. And both of those are organic. So they're not super high in nitrogen. You can be a little bit, you don't have to be quite as careful with your fertilizing because you're not going to burn as easily. Good, good advice. Okay. And Jackson, one more thing. Why do we want to get trees and shrubs from Pike and nowhere else? <laughs> well, uh, one great advantage of pike is we do have you know that lifetime guarantee for one-time replacement on all of our trees and shrubs um so you know if you do uh buy that tree from us make sure you join the play in the dirt club because it does make it easier to look up that purchase but if mm -hmm. anything happens if that you know plant goes south they'll just bring it back in and you know we uh you know we'll give you the replacement value for for the plant that you purchased. Um, and then again, we do have the planting service as well. So if, you know, if you aren't feeling up to digging the hole in, in our Georgia clay, we'll come out and do it for you. And the labor on that planting is guaranteed for the first year. Absolutely. And I myself have taken advantage of that only once, but sky pencil hollies, I just had them die out. Don't know what happened after about a year, year and a half. So absolute guaranteed uh, on trees and shrubs. So thank you for that reminder, Jackson. We'll really appreciate your, your information about camellias. You knew a lot. And I mean, you've got a lot of folks excited about planting them. I think you'll see them in the nurseries this weekend. Absolutely. All right. Great to have you, Jackson. Have a wonderful weekend. Thanks. You too, Ashley. Thank you. So, so much good information. It's such a good plant to consider a camellia for sure.
404 So just talked with Jackson there about our acidic soil. Uh, had Melissa call just a little bit ago with that fill dirt that was nothing but Georgia red clay. And uh, Clint Waltz, my turf grass expert and friend from the University of Georgia and calling from Griffin this morning, wanted to weigh in as well. Clint, hey, welcome to the show. Good morning, Ashley. How are you? Really good. So good to hear from you. You know, I was in that quandary with, oh my goodness, what to tell her to add with this fill dirt that's just straight up Georgia red clay. We've gotten some some mixed reviews from folks on and off the air, but uh, I, I think you're the final authority on this. What do you think? Yeah, well, it, that, <laughs> I've, I've, the soil's background certainly winds up helping. The soil science background yeah. helps, and, and, and I've done some research on this, actually trying to, to do that. And you hit on it there towards the end. Is the best thing is, is add organic matter. So some kind of a compost out there um, is, is really the best thing back to add to any of our soils in Georgia, whether it's the sandy soils, say, below the, the fall line or our more clay soils um, north of the fall line. So organic matter and getting that worked into the upper three to four inches um, is, is really the better way to go on it. Um, Sand uh, can be fine for some leveling purposes, but actually mixing that into red Georgia clay goes the wrong direction. Um, The three components that make up soil are sand, silt, and clay. And the more sand you add to a clay content soil, um, the amount you have to add to really truly change that soil texture is generally cost prohibitive. And you add sand to clay and let it dry out, it turns into a brick. That's how you, literally, that's how you make brick. Oh, no. So the last thing we want to do is add much sand back to our, our, our clay itself. Organic matter is the better way to go. Okay. So, and, and uh, Melissa said that she was having trouble finding, like, soil amendments as they are labeled in the store. But really, what are we going out looking for? I mean, what's that bag say? What does it have in it? There's, there's a number of products. Uh, the compost materials. Um, We've done research with things like uh, the soil three material yeah. um, from from Superside. That's worked very well. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the new name now, but the old Foothills material. Um, oh shoot! Um, like I said, I'm drawing a blank now. We've done some research with it, where we've actually incorporated as well as uh, top dressed over the top uh, in, in turf. And with it, we've actually seen some. You wouldn't call it a fungicide, but fungistatic type of properties where it's kept dollar spot at bay because of some of that. So both of those are organic and compost products. The um, the old foothills, like I said, it's changed names and changed owners, but um, it's a landscape compost. So it's okay. taken the landscape waste and ground that up and composted it. And it's kind of a recycling, reusing type of thing. And then likewise with the soil three, it's, it's kind of a compost off of some sod production and uh, some other sources. So both of those we've done research with and seen some very favorable things with in okay. our soils. And careful with the sand. Like you said, is it, is it more detrimental to use, you're using a, a small amounts more detrimental or the larger amount added to red clay is detrimental? I would say the small to medium amount is more detrimental. Okay. Um, you would have to add, like I said, an awful lot of sand to truly change that, sa- that soil texture uh, when you have, for our native soils around here, um, <laughs> Again, the amount that you'd have to add to that is generally cost prohibitive yeah. um, to, to truly change that soil texture. Okay. Wow, Clint. Hey, thank you so much. And I know you listen to the show, and I always, always appreciate you weighing in and your support and your knowledge. And uh, shoot, we'll catch up on some other things real soon. I'll actually see you next week at Rivermont Golf Club. We're going to uh, interview the superintendent, Mark Hoban. I'm so excited. Yes. So I'm uh, looking forward to introducing you to Mark and some of the things he's got going on out there. He's got a real innovative mind, and, and I think you'll enjoy the day. Oh, I hope so. Well, I look forward to seeing you, friend. Thank you so much.
You're welcome. Have a good weekend. You too. All right. Awesome to hear from our buddy Clint Waltz down at the University of Georgia Griffin campus. 404-872-0750. Right back on WSB. I have run late the entire show, and DeMarco is keeping me straight over here, but we got to run. It's already that time. Wayne in Douglasville, I'm going to get to your question off the air. Lee and Jasper asking about carnations, and it's a great question. Why don't they have any scent anymore? Growing your own. I love that. I'm going to pass that along to Bodie Panisi with the University of Georgia and the Department of Agriculture and Horticulture as well. That's a good question for her. We're going to be talking about seasonal flowers coming up in the next week or two. Carnation's good to add to the list along as with poinsettias, Christmas cactus, and uh, all of you. Thank you so much for being part of the show. Got to run. Make room for Dave Baker. Have a go. A great weekend. And go dogs.